0: Hey, if you went on that Friends trip, can you stand to your feet real quick? Everybody over here that went on the trip, everybody over here that went on the trip? I saw Weston's over. Okay, hey, give them a hand really quickly. Hey, they represented church on the North Coast so well this weekend. Like, y'all be proud. Y'all be so proud. And I know that you'll just continue to hear more stories, and we're going to continue to just share more and more from that trip. But it was an amazing time. All of these students are a product of these DSM retreats, of DSM every single Thursday. So just know that your influence is being spread, and you are empowering the next generation to know who they are in Christ. Amen? Thank you. Seriously, thank you. On behalf of all of them, thank you. And just from myself personally, like, to see what DSM has become and see what it's doing in people's lives, in young people's lives specifically— Like, there's nothing like it. And I know we talked about it already, but please, if you can, tomorrow, tomorrow night, we have our DSM service. If you'd like to, you are welcome to come and check it out Thursday at 7 at our Cleveland campus. So it's our DSM Open Now service. It's going to be amazing. I'll be preaching on Jonah tomorrow night, so that's super exciting. But it's going to be a great service. You're going to be able to check it out and just see these young people chase after God. So Please join us if you can tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Cleveland campus. It's going to be awesome. Everybody ready for the word? All right. Are you guys awake? Okay, good. All right. Just making sure. Don't make me jump on your seats. I will. I got to get ready. I got to get excited. I got to be, you know what I mean? I need y'all to gas me up a little bit. It's a rainy night. I know these people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This section over here. Yes. That's Loudville right there. Love it. Thank you. Tonight we're going to be talking about Hungry. The title of my message is Hungry. And I really am excited to preach this here because I wrote this message about this campus. So I was sitting in these seats on, on a Sunday and a lot of the message that I'll be preaching tonight, a lot of the revelation came from being in this exact room. And so I think that God is going to speak through it. I think God is something for each and every person in this room. I was supposed to preach here a couple weeks ago, and it didn't work out, but I think that it was because some of y'all that were supposed to be here weren't here, and I think that the people that are supposed to be here tonight are here to hear this message, and God is trying to tell you something. So let's bow our heads really quickly, and let's talk to Jesus real quick and ask him to come to the room. Jesus, I just thank you for being here tonight. I thank you that hearts and minds are opening up right now, God. That your words will be spoken clearly, that your words will penetrate our hearts, God, that will go into our minds, God, and they will take root, Father, in each and every heart and mind. Lord, I pray that these words will not be mine, but yours, less of me and more of you right now in this moment. God, I just pray that every single one of these people in here is filled up with your words tonight, and their hunger is renewed, Father. I thank you for your presence, Lord. Amen. So hunger. How many people in here are hungry right now? A lot of people in this section, I'm sure. Anybody hungry? Yeah, we got some hungry people right now. So hunger, by definition, is a feeling of discomfort or weakness caused by a lack of food coupled with a desire to eat. Hunger. Have a strong desire or craving for you know, hunger can be one of the most amazing, motivating factors in a person's life. Have you ever seen somebody who's truly hungry? I you know I lived in Haiti for, well, I was back and forth from Haiti around for around 10 years. Lived there for a year. And to see some of the things people do when they're hungry. To see some of the jobs that people are willing to work. Some of the buckets of rocks people are willing to walk around 115 degree weather with just to eat, to see hunger. It's a powerful force, it's a motivating force, it's something that will drive you. We see Olympic athletes that are hungry to win, right? We see them waking up every single day, getting in that cold swimming pool, swimming across, doing laps at four in the morning. We saw Kobe Bryant waking up every single day, getting his jump shots up. When his team was going to party, he was hungry. Hunger is a driving force. It can be a strong, motivating force that can drive us to do pretty much anything. If somebody is truly hungry, they'll do pretty much anything because there's a desperation. There's a desperation inside of them that they physically cannot move forward or do anything else until they are fed. Hunger. And you can put up my one and only slide for tonight. If you can decode this, then you have an amazing brain just like mine. But I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to. <laughs> we see Jesus, right, in the wilderness. We see him being tempted by, by Satan, right? He went 40 days without eating. And in Matthew 4, we see Satan slither up to him and say, Hey, man, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn these rocks into some delicious Panera bread and eat up, right? Right? That's what it says. And (laughs) what what does Jesus turn around and say? You know he was hungry, right? He went 40 days without eating. Some of us can't go four hours without eating, without acting like we're about to fall apart. I see you squirming. Some of us can't go 10 minutes without being like, man, I wonder what's for dinner tonight. I wonder what I'm going to have for dessert after that. We can't go a day without eating, some of us. Or when we fast, we act like it's the end of the world. Oh, my Lord. Pastor Troy, please don't call the Daniel fast because oh, that changes the dynamic of how we operate as an entire ministry. Volunteers are falling off. People can't move. All of a sudden, every kids' church volunteer is gone. Every single worship team member, I can't sing. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But we get, we get hungry, right? And we see that when Jesus is tempted, he's hungry. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. He says, turn those rocks into bread and eat. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from my Father. Every word that comes from my Father. And so tonight, our goal is to get hungry. Our goal is to desire the food of heaven, to desire the word of God, to desire what God wants to do in each and every one of you and to have a hunger for it that will not go away, that will sustain and that will match the level of emotions that you have. Because a lot of times we come in here and we worship and we sing and we cry and we're like, man, this is amazing, but we don't truly have a hunger We don't truly have a hunger that is sustainable because we walk out of the door and fall right back into the same stuff. So tonight, I'll just kind of walk us through all of this good stuff, all of this hunger and kind of what happens. You know, I've been here for 28 years. That's why a lot of people call me elder. I was born here, but... (laughs) I've been here for 28 years. I say I've been serving this church for 28 years because even when I was a baby, I was singing for you guys. You guys thought it was crying. I was trying to help lead worship. You weren't trying to hear it. That's okay. I was trying to serve, though. But, you know, being here my entire life, I used to sit right over here, actually, right on the ground, right over here. And I don't know if you remember, but Bibles used to have maps in the back of them. Does anybody remember those Bibles? Mine doesn't have one and I was kind of sad but I used to sit right here as a kid and draw in my mom's Bible and it had the map of Israel I would assume but I used to think it was so cool I thought it was a toy I thought it was a game and I would sit here and I would draw and the service would be going on and the music would be up there and it would be so beautiful and loud and my grandfather who's super tall would be up there preaching and his big old smile and it was just this grand, amazing, awesome experience it was so cool It was so cool. And as I got older and older, I would watch, and I would be amazed and astonished. And I'd see people coming up here crying and worshiping, see people healed, getting up out of their wheelchairs. That's how I grew up. And this stage just looked enormous. I just remember looking at it and being like, wow, this is the size of a house. I thought it was the biggest thing ever. And you know, as you get a little bit older, you get a little bit more involved, probably around eight years old, I would start helping out, start getting jobs around the church, start getting volunteering opportunities, right? I would start moving these tables. I got names for these tables. I know every single one of them. These things have been here since before I was even here. And I would say probably around eight years old was when I was big enough to start helping out and I would start moving moving these tables, tilting them just right so the legs wouldn't fall out, making sure that your hands weren't getting splintered up. I would start moving them around, and I would be proud, man. I would be excited. Man, I get to help out. I get to put these tables up. I get to set up for this amazing event. It's going to be so cool. I get a job. My grandpa gave me a cool job to do. But as I got older and a little bit wiser... The stage started to shrink. The opportunities that I was given started to feel more like obligations. And going to church wasn't as special as it used to be. Showing up here on a Sunday, showing up here on a Wednesday wasn't as special as it used to be. You see, when we become familiar with something, if we're not careful, we'll become complacent. And if we become complacent, especially in our spiritual life, we will lose reverence for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When we become familiar, when this stage starts to shrink, when these tables start to feel more and more annoying, when these Wednesday services start to get on our nerves, when these Sunday services start to feel more like a chore than an exciting opportunity to go worship, we become complacent in our faith. We become complacent in our spirit. And we lose reverence. And as we lose reverence, we say, I don't really need to do that. Oh, tables, I, I don't need to do that. I preach now. I don't need to move tables. Oh, I'm on the worship team. I can't do kids' church. We don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. I'm, I'm actually above that. I'm, not, I'm complacent. I'm good where I'm at. I've reached the top. I'm on the altar team. I'm a greeter. I'm already here. I've arrived. And when we become complacent where we are, when we become, become complacent where we've reached, that lack of reverence starts to happen. And then it turns into a little bit less impactful when I come up here to preach. My worship songs aren't really as heartfelt as they used to be. When I'm greeting people at the front door, it's not as exciting as it used to be. I'm just like, hey, how you doing? I'm happy you're here. And you feel less and less valuable. And that lack of reverence turns into, ah, they don't need me to do that anymore. They got it covered. I don't need to go to church on a Wednesday. It's raining. Ain't nobody about to be in there anyways. It's probably just going to be some random person speaking. It's not that serious. I don't need to be in there. Then it turns into, oh, Sunday, ah we got some stuff going on afterwards. There's this cookout later. There's a baseball practice, a soccer practice. We got family coming over. We got this happening this week. I got to catch up on laundry. I got to catch up on this. Ah, maybe we'll just go three times to church this month. And then we move a little bit further away. Say, ah, two times next month. Then it's like, ah, one time. And then it turns into, oh, Christmas Eve. I'll go on Christmas Eve. Easter. That's the one. I'll go on Easter. I'll definitely be there for that. The reverence is gone. The reverence of saying, I get an opportunity to come into this room and praise the King of Kings who does everything for me, who holds my hand through life, who will guide me through hell, who will calm my storms, who is my source, who is my strength, who loves me above all else to be around his people, to be in one accord around people who can fill me up, to be around people who love me, to be around people who will support me, to be a part of a body of Christ who is empowering generations for 50 years. years of legacy who is going to continue for an additional 50 years because of my faithfulness we lose reverence it's not that serious I don't really need to be there we figure it all out and we start to settle we're not hungry anymore we start to settle for dessert why Because we've told ourselves we got this Christian thing all figured out. I know those Bible verses. It says be nice to people and something like that. And, you know, pay your tithe every now and then. And and I'm good. I got it figured out. I'm not hungry for anything. I can take care of myself. I know how my emotions are, how to handle my emotions. I go to therapy. I know what's going to happen. I have my little Zodiac thing that sends me a thing every single day. (laughs) I know how to have a peaceful home and surround myself. I can put crystals up all over the place. I do yoga. (laughs) We start settling for dessert because we've told ourselves that we're full. We say, I don't need that stuff. I don't need this food. I don't need this food that is gonna fill me and sustain me and grow me. I don't need this anymore. So all I need now is dessert. And what is dessert? It depends on who you are. I know for me, dessert is actual dessert. I love dessert, and it's a very scary thing that I have to be very careful with. But for you, it might be something else. Maybe your dessert's porn. Maybe your dessert is a toxic relationship, a toxic friendship. Maybe your dessert is gossip. Maybe your dessert's sports. Maybe it's your kids, treating them like God, putting them before God. All of our dessert looks different. But the bottom line is is that if it comes before this, if it comes before this, the food that we need to sustain us each and every day, it's a dessert. And we become so hooked on it. We become so indulgent looking for dessert Because we said, I'm good, I'm full, I got the good stuff, I understand already, I got this figured out, I went to church enough, I have enough in me, so now all I need to do is make myself feel good. Now all I need to do is search for pleasure. That's all I have to do now. And we get so hooked in this cycle of searching for pleasure, searching for things that make us feel good. Because we've lost all reverence. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. I know this part's for Bev. (laughs) But it says, appetites grow through indulgence, not neglect. Appetites grow through indulgence, not neglect. What you indulge in, you're going to find an appetite for. The things that you find pleasure in, the things that you find those good feelings in, you're going to continue to go back to them. And if it's not this... If it's not this, I'm warning you. If you don't go through this and find pleasure here, you'll be in bondage. You will be in bondage chasing after that feeling and you'll need more and more and more and more. And you'll look up and you'll find yourself so far away from where you wanted to be. Train yourself to have an appetite for this word. We have to train ourselves to do it, because if not, we'll lose our hunger. (sighs) I love this part. Don't get offended. This message is for me as well. Everything I preach is myself as well. I have to deal with this. But church, when we lose our hunger, we get fat. Say it again in your mind. When you lose your hunger, you get fat. We get fat. We get so fat spiritually because all we do is eat dessert. The only thing we're hungry for is that cake and ice cream. The only thing that we're hungry for, the only thing that we desire, is that beer, is that wine, is that porn, is that sex, is that relationship, is that sports league, is that baseball game, basketball game, movie, is that entertainment, is whatever it is. That's where we get our satisfaction from. And when we lose our hunger for the one true thing that can sustain us, we get fat. And this is what happens when we get fat. We become indecisive. Everybody say indecisive. How many people know somebody who, (laughs) when you ask them if they're hungry, they say yes. And then when you ask them, where would you like to go eat? Ah, (laughs) you see where I'm going? (laughs) You're hungry, you say you're hungry, but then you say, okay, well, where would you like to eat? And they're like, Oh, I don't care, it doesn't matter. So you don't have any, like, even just a little bit of a craving for anything at all. They said, no, nah, no, nah, whatever you want. And then you make a suggestion, and what do they do? Nah, not that. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> that makes that makes my blood boil just thinking about it. It's horrible. Like, how are you telling me you're hungry, but then you say that you don't know where you want to eat, but then I suggest something and then you say you don't want that? So you don't know anything. You're indecisive. That's how we are when we get fat spiritually. Say, I love Jesus. Oh my gosh, I go to church on Wednesday. I'm such a good Christian but I also am over here gossiping the next day at work because, you know, it feels so good to talk trash. Oh my goodness, I'm here on Thursday night for the DSM Open House. I'm so happy to be here, but then I'm gonna go home and drink this bottle of wine because, you know, I'm stressed out and it's hard for me to sleep. But you know what? I'm gonna come back on Sunday and I love Jesus so much, but, you know, I'm not actually gonna make my kids actually participate in any of the young adult or teen stuff that they have at this church because I want them to like me and none of my friends are doing that, so I'm not gonna do that. I'll just crush the you know, what society and culture tells me to do. You're presenting this false reality in this false gospel that's made in your image because you're indecisive. You've lost your way. You don't know what you want. You're so full of dessert. You say, oh, I'm hungry, I think, but I don't know, but I might want that, but I definitely don't want that. You're confused. We become indecisive. You get spiritually lethargic. We don't strive for anything in the kingdom. I'm spiritually lethargic. You know, I'm tired, man. I don't feel like going and doing that anymore. I don't feel like going and serving anymore. I've had enough. I'm full. We become lethargic. We can't even move. (laughs) We become ineffective. We can't run. We're out of shape. We're not even able to go pray for somebody. We're not even able to have the influence that God wants us to have in our workplaces, that He wants us to have in our families, because we're out of shape. There's people around you that you are responsible for. There's people around you that God placed in your life for a reason so that you can bring heaven into their lives. And if you are not hungry in your spirit, they will remain in hell. And you will remain in bondage, and you will be completely missing an opportunity that God put in your realm as a responsibility for you. I'm not gonna talk to every single person that y'all gonna talk to. I won't be with you at work tomorrow. I won't. I won't be in those conversations in your family, in your household, at your cookouts. That's on you. And if we aren't hungry, we're missing opportunities. We get become a follower of pleasure. We become slaves to our desires. I want to read this passage from Second Thessalonians. I love this passage so much. Um, Paul wrote this. He visited Thessalonica actually, and they reached out to him and said, "You know, we're being persecuted. Things aren't going well since you left." And he writes them a letter in First Thessalonians. Then they write him back and say, "Hey man, things have gotten worse." We're being persecuted, people are talking about when Jesus is coming back, they're spreading false gospels, and then we're dealing with this group of people that they call the idol. Not idol as in we worship idols, idol as in they aren't moving. There's a group among us that are Christians that are not moving, they are not working, they're refusing to work, they're refusing to move. And this message struck so clear to me that this is us. There's Christians that are crumbling to the pressure of culture, that are afraid to say abortion is wrong. We have people presenting a false gospel, mixing in yoga with Christianity and crystals with prophecy. And we have a group of people that are idle, they've lost their hunger. They've lost their reverence. And this is what Paul wrote back. He said, In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Church, I know that our culture, I know that society tells you that you need to work smarter and not harder. But when it comes to this, you have to work hard. It's hard work. It's not easy. You have to work hard. You have to get up when you don't feel like it and work hard. Because if you don't, if you're not willing to work hard, you will not eat. You will not see the fruits of the Spirit. You will not see heaven be established in your life. You will not see generations change. You will not see a country change. No matter how much you post about it on Facebook, no matter how much you complain about it, if you are not willing to work, we will not eat of the fruits of the Spirit that God has for us. And we will not see the plans from heaven invade this earth. You have to work hard. Work hard every single day. We can't lose our hunger. We can't afford to lose it. We can't afford to lose it. You need to be filled up with these words. They need to be the greatest influence on your heart. Not what everybody in your neighborhood is doing. This right here, not what a president says. This, this is first. Before everything, work hard, pick up these tables and work hard every single day, because we want to eat of the goodness of God. Our spirits need it. That is the food that we need. That is the food. We don't need entertainment. There's enough leisure in this world. That's not what we need. We need the food of heaven. Pastor Dominic has an amazing quote. He says, You can't call upon knowledge and wisdom that you haven't invested in. When your people around you need you, when your family needs you, when the people at your work that are going through hell need you, if you're not invested, if you're not hungry, you won't be able to call on heaven. You won't even have the wisdom or the knowledge to do it. You don't know how to pray for my cancer. You don't even know his word. You have to be hungry. And I love this next part because it talks about America right now. In verse 11, it says, We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. When they talk about the idle in this verse, they talk about people whose lives are in Chaos. Not only are they not working, but they're living chaotic lives. Why? Because they're so strung out on dessert that they don't even know which way to turn. They're so strung out on pleasure, so strung out on desires of their flesh, that they aren't even willing to go for the things that they need. They're not even willing to work. That's where we are as a society right now. That's where our culture is at. Go for it. If it brings you joy, do it. Relax. Treat yourself. If it's not serving you, get rid of it. Pleasure. Leisure. Relax. Eat dessert. Chase after that. They were busy. But they were busy bodies. They weren't busy doing the things they needed to do. They weren't busy reading God's word. They weren't busy trying to get closer to him. They were busy filling their lives with the pleasures of this world, with making sure they get to every baseball game and dinner party and basketball practice and school event and this and that and this and that and filling their schedule to the brim with things that they have to sprint around in circles to as they lose reverence more and more for the real thing that's important in their life. It's us. That's us. We're here. And he goes on to say, they are not busy, they are busybodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Don't get tired of doing what is good. So, church, I ask you tonight what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for this? Are you hungry for the word of God? Are you hungry to hear what he has for you? Are you hungry to see his will established in your life every single day? Is that your heart's posture on earth as it is in heaven? Is that your posture? Think about it. Seriously, think about it tonight. You know, I deal with this a lot. We get comfortable. It's not easy. This is my life too. I told you this isn't a, I'm standing up here because I've solved this problem. This is, I deal with this all the time. I get comfortable. We all do. You know, I used to weigh like 350 pounds. I was a lot bigger than I used to be. This shirt's kind of big, so you might not be able to tell. But when I was at that weight, I was hungry to lose it. I was excited. I was like, man, I'm going to go. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat healthy. I don't even want to look at any dessert. I don't even care about Taco Bell. All I want is just green beans and and water, and protein shakes. (laughs) That's all I wanted. And as I started to lose the weight, I started to see results, I started to get progress. I'm like, yes, let's go, I'm doing great, I'm looking good, look at my pictures, yes. And then all of a sudden, after I hit my goal, started to take my foot off the gas a little bit, right? I started to get a little bit comfortable. And (laughs) I go through this cycle, even to this day, I go through this cycle where I get a little bit further and further away from that healthy lifestyle that I'm so happy to live when I reach my goal. Once I reach it, it's like, yes, I got my XL t shirt on. And then slowly but surely, I get further and further away. I don't need to track my food today. I don't need to go to the gym every single day. I don't need to do this all the time. I'm good. I got it. I know I ate about 2,300 calories. I should be good. I'm pretty sure that was around that. I start to estimate, and then sure enough, I see a picture of me. And I'll be like, no, that can't be me. That picture can't be me. I see a video of myself on stage doing transitions or something. I'm like, no, that can't be how I look. And before I know it, I look up and I say, oh my gosh, what happened? I got comfortable. I got comfortable. And it's the same thing in our spirit. As we lose our hunger, we start to get comfortable. I did it. I achieved it. I preached that amazing message. And as I get further and further away from it, I lose my reverence for this stage, I lose my reverence for these opportunities to serve I lose my reverence for what God's trying to do in my life and before I know it, I see my spirit and I say oh, that can't be how I look and I go through this cycle every single time with my weight, it's like man, I see that picture and the next very next day I'm back on it I'm back in that gym, I'm tracking my food, I'm like nope, not going to be me I'm not going to fall back into that place And it's the same exact way in our spirit. We can't get into a place where our comfort turns into us getting fat into our spirit. We can't get into a place where we take a moment off. I get it. We're human. It's going to happen. We might get comfortable for a second, but we have to catch ourselves and remind ourselves, like Paul said, if we don't work, we will not eat of the goodness of God. And how do we do that? How do we stay hungry? First and foremost, we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. We have to understand that we are not the king. We don't sit on the throne. He is in control. We haven't done anything yet. I don't care how many great sermons I preach. I haven't done anything yet. I don't care how many youth retreats that we set records on. I haven't done anything yet. He has more for us. We have to stop eating dessert. Stop eating dessert. I know that's hard. But until you're willing to have some discipline and get rid of it, the chances of you losing that addiction, losing that desire, losing that appetite for that thing that's not very good for you are very low. Until you're willing to actually get off of it. Stop eating dessert. We have to do hard things. You know, this month has been hard for me. It's been very hard. I probably had the most loaded schedule I've ever had working at our church. I had to preach nine times. We had outreaches week after week. I just did this missions trip with our young adults. I have a youth retreat I'm leaving for in three days. On top of all of that, this is the anniversary of my pet dog and my best friend being murdered. It's a very hard time for me. It's not easy, but you don't get better by doing easy things. And even in the midst of it, I caught myself saying, man, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like going over there. I don't feel like preaching. I was on the way to Sunday in Wycliffe one morning. I said, I don't feel like driving out here. It's an hour drive, man. I'm tired. I'm sad. I don't want to do this. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. And he said, you better catch yourself. And if you start seeing these things as an obligation, get off that stage. Because if you're not hungry for the things I have for you, you will not be used to the fullest of what I need you to be. And I'm telling you today, church, you don't get better by doing easy things. You don't get better by eating dessert. You don't get better by only liking people that like you. Jesus quite literally says that pagans do that. You get better by, even when you don't feel like it, picking this table up, getting some splinters in your hand, and rolling it over here and doing what you need to do. That's how you get better. You have to serve. You have to serve. Go in kids' church. I served in kids' church, too, this entire month preached nine times, did kids' church four times. You're not too good. You're not better than that. You're not. I'm sorry. And maybe you're at a point where doing hard things is just getting to church every Sunday and Wednesday. Maybe you're at a point where doing hard things means just getting your family to come to church, getting your family to go to DSM. Wherever it is, take that step. Take that step. Get hungry. Get hungry. Get your hunger. And the last one I want to talk about is having the desires of his heart. Having the desires and finding indulgence in bringing heaven to earth. You want to indulge in something? Be happy and excited when you see somebody's chains break off of them. You want to indulge in something? Yeah. (laughs) Indulge in the fact that we're sending 70 kids on a youth retreat in three days. Indulge in that. Indulge in the fact that there's going to be kids tomorrow night at DSM who are going to know their name in heaven. They're going to learn their purpose. That's what we need to indulge in. Not dessert of this earth. It's not going to make us better. We have to ask God to give me the burdens of your heart, help me to be hungry. Help me to never see this stage as small or these tables as unimportant. Help me to fill my heart with your word and be so hungry for it every single day that it's the only thing I want. Help me to find peace in your presence, not in Netflix, in the presence of my Lord and Savior. God, I want my hunger back. Maybe tonight you used to have that hunger in your stomach, and you remember a time when you just had it, man. You were good, you were ready, you were dedicated, you were going for it. Maybe just like me, you got a little comfortable. That XL T-shirt started to fit like a small. Tonight's your opportunity to run back. Tonight's your opportunity to say, "God, I want that hunger back." I saw my picture, and I looked crazy. Now let me get it together and get back on track. I look real wild right now. My spirit's not looking so good. I'm not proud of that. Let me get it back together. Let me get hungry again. I want to leave you with one last scripture. In Proverbs 13:4 it said, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Make heaven your desire. Make the burdens of his heart your burdens. Asking to make you hungry again. I want to ask everybody to stand to your feet tonight. If tonight you're in this room, and maybe you're in that position where you said, man, God, I'm really, really hungry. I want more for you, from you. I'm doing great in my ministry. I'm doing great in this But you know what? Help me to stay hungry. I want to continue to be hungry. I want you to move forward to the front. I want you to move forward. If you say, God, I'm 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 good, but I want to get hungry. If you're in a place where you say, God, I need to be really changed and aligned. I need to see that picture of how you see my spirit, and I need to get hungry right now. I want you to come forward too. If you're in here tonight and you just say, man, I'm tired, I'm tired, I don't feel like it, I don't want to do it, it's hard, but you say, you know what, God help me break through that lie, God help me break through that lie from hell that says, I can't do this, I want you to come forward too, and I want to pray for each and every person in here tonight before we leave. And before I get over there to you, before I get to you, before I pray with you, I just want you to personally cry out to God tonight. With every eye closed tonight, I want you to make it your heart's cry. God, I want to be hungry. God, I want to be hungry. Lord, fill my heart with hunger for you. God, make my appetite only for you and your word. Help me to indulge in the things of your kingdom, God. Help me to find peace in your presence. Help me to not lose reverence. Help me to not be complacent, God. I don't want to see this as common. I don't want to see these opportunities as an obligation, God. Help me to see each and every time I get to serve you in your kingdom as an opportunity to bring heaven to earth and help me treat it with the utmost importance, Father. No matter how I feel, God, help me to throw that to the side and say, God, I care about you. I don't care about making myself feel good. I wanna follow what your desires are. Exchange my desires with yours, God, and help me to indulge in heaven. Make that your heart's cry tonight, church. Jesus, move over this room right now and hear your people's cries. Move over this room right now and hear the cries of your people. Fill their hearts with hunger, God. Fill their hearts with the hunger for you, Father. Fill their hearts with hunger for what you have for them. Fill their hearts with hunger for your word, God. Fill their hearts with hunger for what you want to do in their lives, God. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to come around and pray, but like I said, just continue to cry out to God on your own I want to remind you to live right and love everybody and pray hard as you go would love to pray for each and every one of you though before you do so thank you